If you would, turn with me to Psalm 8. If you know anything about this psalm, and today being the holy name of God, then this is a great psalm to go to. By the way, just to, just to throw in a plug here, if you've never studied the Psalms, you ought to. Um, they're a life source for me. I read pretty much a Psalm a day is what I try to do in my own life. And oftentimes I find myself ruminating over different Psalms that I've read uh, in different experiences of life. And um, the Psalms are just that and meant for that. And so it's a way to help meditate upon the Word of God is to be able to read the Psalms. They're a worship book uh, for not only the Israelites, but also for us today. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. You have set Your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants You have established strength because of Your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, and birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. Let us pray. Lord, we love Your Word. Speak now with Your Holy Spirit into our spirit a word to us on this very first day of this year. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's a new day. It's a new year. And as my title of the sermon is here, it's also a new account that we have and is being set up for us for this new year. Everything's new. It'd be nice, sometimes I think to myself, if uh, someone would come along and cut a check that could erase my school debt. That'd be nice. It'd be nice to have a new account where, where some totaled zero. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, and with God, that is possible. That's what He offers to us in His forgiveness is an account that equals zero. It's fascinating that on a day like this, on a on New Year's Day, we we kind of you know some people make a big deal of it, some people don't, but all of us mark it as a day of turning, and it's good for us humans to do that. It really is. It's good for families to do this. It's good for churches to do this. We we can mark our lives. We can track certain things, and this is a day where the possibilities are wide open. There is no past because we're here. It's now. Um, the past was 2011, we are at 2012. And so, this morning, in my mind, really acts as 
as a moment in time where God is offering to us something new. A new account of a year, a new name, a new character. The old is gone and the new has come. The sun has risen. I want to start just this morning, not so much exegetically approaching this psalm. We've done that. I've preached this psalm um, maybe twice in our time together. But it's a psalm that I return to constantly because of its beauty and simplicity. It's kind of like Psalm 23. Yeah, could you read something else at a funeral? But man, that is just tip top. And uh, many of you know that Miss Opal Wilkinson uh, passed away over the weekend. And so she never made it 2012, but she is with God now. What a godly woman she always was. And when I think about her, I have very fond thoughts. She always cooked us the best of her kind of meal uh, in, a, in a pot, ribs and potatoes. And I remember she'd bring it to us. And, and over the years, I began to appreciate uh, a simple meal like that when a ch- when you're a child, you know, pizza just always sounds better. But but uh, I appreciated the gift from an older lady like her, and um, and she would always send Justin and I both uh, Christmas cards and birthday cards. And you know, there wasn't a lot of money in there, but what was given meant a lot in what it was saying. And so, uh, just thinking of her this morning, um, she is with Jesus Christ uh, this morning. So, praise be to God for that. What's in a name? You know, today, maybe you've struggled over your kids' names. Uh, as, as most couples do, they, you have to come to an agreement on what you're going to name your child. Uh, and, you know, some of the names we've given our children are okay to me, and some of them are really good. Um, I think Baylor is a keynote for me, but um, maybe it's because I chose that one. And Jessica would probably have her favorite name of the three. But nonetheless, we, we tried to give them names, and not necessarily based on their character, because we didn't feel like we knew them. Uh, but the Puritans used to actually give names, and of course in the Old Testament they gave names that meant something, that actually was designed to bring about a response of character. So the Puritans would call people prudent, or prudence, that would be their name. You know, hey prudence, come here, you know, or... Um, hey, tolerance, come here. Or, hey, faithful, you know, come here. And people still name their kids faith and hope and these sorts of, of names that have a very character-based naming to them. And in the Old Testament, the same thing is happening uh, with many people's names. I mean, you think of the name change from Abram to Abraham. You think of Jacob to Israel. Israel meaning struggling with God and man and succeeding. And a name can mean character. I mean, you know, if, if I think of you all, which I do when I pray, I think of a certain type of person. I mean, when I think of Christopher, or when I think of Jessica, or when I think of Paul, and so on and so forth. I mean, we all, something comes to mind, whatever it is. We may not even be able to articulate that. Like, I, if you ask me, well, who am I to you? You know, I don't know if I would be able to always articulate that properly. It would probably offend you, or maybe make you happy, or whatever, but... Um, but I have a certain idea of you that comes to mind when I hear your name. Which is also tough, of course, in the baby naming process because some names come up and you're like, I don't, uh, I just, I think of so-and-so. You know, and it's like, yeah, let's not go that route. You know, because <laughs> you both think of that name. And, and so, 
God also has a name. Isn't that fascinating? It's, it's cool to me that God has a name, but He gives Himself His name. There are names that are attributed to God, but there are also names that God gives Himself that mean something. Also, remember, Adam, when he's in the garden, names all the animals. There's something about naming that is significant. And this psalm deals with the name of God. It begins with the name of God. It ends with the name of God on a double note. Notice, O Lord, our Lord. And if you'll look closely, you'll see all of a sudden that the first one, Lord, is Yahweh, and the second is Lord. So, Yahweh is His personal name in all caps, and the other is simply Lord, or Adonai. So he says, O Yahweh, our Lord, and it ends the same way with this psalm. And notice this too, and this is always fascinating in this psalm, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Not your spirit, not your presence, but instead your name is shown throughout all the earth. (laughs) And he goes through how that is in the heavens and in the earth. His name is reverberating in and through everything that has been created. He is holy, He is love. Yahweh means I am who I am, or can be translated, I will be who I will be. It's very difficult to translate the term Yahweh, which is why, um, you know, it just typically just says Lord. And, um, but literally, if you translate it literally from what we can gather, it means both kind of a past, present tense, but also a future tense. I will be who I will be. So I am who I am. Which, I mean, you know, if if you ask somebody, hey, what's your name? I am who I am. That's kind of odd. Uh, Or I will be who I will be. But I think what God is trying to say to us in His name is that He remains the same. He is who He is. He's not who we define Him as. And look, this is something that we have an issue with. We're always leaning toward as humans. I am. Everybody is. Always leaning toward idolatry. Which is why the Old Testament is so hard on idolaters. And the New Testament continues that same warning against being idolatrous. Is because it's so easy for us to make up a Jesus. It's so easy, easy for us to make up a God. And so we picture God a certain way, and God is not that way. And we would much rather believe that way, the way we are comfortable with, rather than being interrupted or being revealed something different than what we already have constructed. I mean, it's the same with persons. I may think of you in a certain light, but then you do something and I have to rethink that, whether good or bad. And I rethink, oh, okay, wow, that, you know, that, that's surprising to me. That's great. Now I can understand them better. And this is always happening. I mean, Jessica and I have been married how long? Yeah, well, we're going to eight years this year. So, and yet, I still don't know her. Good night in the morning. I still get things wrong. You know, I did well on that pair of boots, but the other pair of boots she basically threw away in the garbage. Not really. She took them back, but she wasn't happy with them. Um, And I thought she would have been. She's an angel. You know, what can I say? 
Um, my children, I mean, I'm still learning who they are, and they're still learning who I am. And I can only imagine how we feel about each other sometimes. I mean, it, personal relationships are a fascinating thing, and God has invited us into a personal relationship with Him. Why would we think He would be easier to understand than one of us? He would be on a grander scale more difficult to understand, which is one thing I love about theology is it's never-ending. My job as a theologian, your job as a theologian will never end. It's not like we can just read a couple books and be done and put that on the shelf. We know who God is. No. This is something that will last forever. I think when we get to heaven, we'll still be learning about who God is. He's inexhaustible. And that's a beautiful thing. And His name helps us out to understand that. I am who I am. He's always faithful. And I will be always who I will be. But what about our name? You know, when the year turns, we often think to ourselves of things of the past, things of the future, what I have done, where I'm at now, where I want to be. These are things that always come to mind when we turn a new year. And so I want to ask you this morning, really, what would you name yourself? What would you call yourself? If you had to give yourself a name that meant something, what would it be? Would it be faithful? Or would it be worry? Would it be happy? Or would it be consternation? Angry. Anxiety. I mean, what name would you give to yourself this past year if you had to describe your character, your nature? Looking truly at yourself. And by the way, you can't look at yourself without looking at how other people see you. That's the problem with narcissism, you know. Narcissist, he thinks of himself in a certain light and sees his reflection in the water. And he can't stop looking at himself. And a narcissist, that's all they ever do is look at themselves. But you can't truly look at yourself without the interaction of other people. We were never created for ourselves, but for others. I mean, it took me a long time to learn, but when other people say things about me and the majority of them say the same thing, then maybe that's who I am, whether I want to realize that or not. I can argue all day, but that's how the perception comes across. That's apparently what I'm doing. And Jessica has reminded me graciously of those things over the almost eight years of marriage that we've had. And I appreciate that. Uh, I can't see myself always. I mean, I can't see myself now. I rely upon you to tell me that I have an eyelash or something worse on my face. Um, Yeah, exactly. Uh, We need each other. So what have you been this past year? What would you give to the name, Are You Where You Want To Be? Maybe with your kids. You're not where you want to be. Maybe you had an idea of how you wanted to be, but that is not the, uh, the reality. Well, today is a new account. You have a wide open zero balance. Things can change. Possibilities are here. God is with us and He will be who He's going to be with us as a help, just like the Ebenezer. By the way, Jesus... <clears throat> 
His name is transliterated into Greek, but it's actually a Hebrew name, which is Joshua. Joshua has the same name as Jesus, just in Hebrew. And Joshua means Yahweh help. Those two words smashed together. That's literally what Jesus' name means. This is God's help. Jesus is God's help. He's the one who saves. And it's only by His name that any person can be saved. And by His name, every knee will bow one day before Him. Bowing in rebellion or bowing in obedience. There's only two ways. This year I would pray that and have prayed that every one of you would bow in obedience to Him this morning in response to what He's done, in response to who He is, in response to the fact that He can make you and give you a new name this morning. That's the good news of the Gospel. Maybe you have been this in the past, unfaithful, a liar. I mean, imagine if we were really honest with ourselves and named ourselves that for the day. Hey, liar, come here. Hey, unfaithful, come here. Let's eat, unfaithful. Unhappy. Wishy-washy. That'd be a cool name. Hey, wishy-washy, come here. And yet, this is how if we truly looked at our lives, we would see ourselves. It's how I see myself sometimes. And we don't like it. And the reality is that Jesus is here this morning... Offering us a new name. This is the promise in Revelation, by the way. When He comes, He's going to have a name written down His side that no one can read, is what Revelation says. And He will give us a new name. I always think of that scene in the Chronicles of Narnia. And I'm pretty sure there's one uh, in in the Lord of the Rings where just as in old days past, uh, in particular in the medieval period, they would christen you kind of with a sword on each side and give you a new name. You kept your old name, but it would be Marshall, da-da-da, or whatever, Christopher, so on and so forth. You know, or what was Lucy's name in there? I can't remember now. Um, Yes, Lucy the Brave. You know, that defined who she was and her journey uh, in Narnia. What kind of name is He going to give you? What kind of name can He give you? He can give you a new name. He's going to if you are His child. And that day when we bow before Him, what a beautiful thing that will be. I mean, what an epic moment, pinnacle experience of life when we hear Jesus' voice give us a new name in heaven. It's a powerful scene. And it's what He's offering for us now. His name can be our name. Just as when, we, when you come into a new family, you take their name. Whether literally or just metaphorically you take their name, you now, my sons, carry the name Dag. They are Dags. And they truly are. <laughs> they carry the characteristics. Um, and when you come into the family of God, you carry, you bear His name. It's no light thing, guys. When, we, when we're baptized, we are putting on Christ. As Christians, we claim we are Christ. And as C.S. Lewis says, we are. That's literally what the term Christian means is little Christ. We're saying that if you look at us, you can see Christ. Not always, no. But we're meant to reflect Him in all that we do to glorify 
Him. Just as the moon glorifies the sun by being a reflection of the sun, so we too are a reflection of the sun, Jesus Christ. We are designed to reflect Him. Have we done that in 2011? Because that's in the past. The new day has dawned. You can reflect God today. And if you can do it today, you can do it every day of this year. We're here to help. This is what the church is meant to be. The body and hands, feet of God, of Jesus in the world. This psalm says, we've been given a very unique place. One that is not just animal and not just spirit, but in between the two. We are both body and spirit. And when we respond, it ought not to just be spiritual, but instead physical. And this is why we partake of communion. Communion solidifies the faith we have inside in a physical way. We say to Jesus, yes, we want to serve you. Yes, we want to be your disciples. And He says to us, you can have no part of me unless you eat of my flesh, John 6, and drink of my blood. We're one of the only religions who focus on the blood of a person. And it's because this person is not just human, he's human and divine. And what he's done for us has secured our salvation in this covenant. And so this morning, in response to this word, that God's name is holy, that God's name is that He has sent His Helper, Jesus, who is the help of God. And He has sent His Helper, the Holy Spirit, who lives within us. The good news this morning is that we too can have a new name. We can have a new start. We can have a new account that is at zero this morning and can build. And He offers that to us in this meal in which He has promised to be with us and we promise to remember Him.